Good evening, and if you're just tuning in, you are listening to 105.3 and 107.7 out of the beautiful city of New Orleans to UFO Paranormal Radio Network, also known as United Public Radio Network. We just like to call it UPRN, and you are listening to or watching The Angel Rock, and I'm your host, Laura Lee Potvin. A little bit about myself, if you've never been to the show before, I am a Canadian spiritual medium. I'm also a Crystal Reiki energy healer, Akashic Records practitioner practitioner, spiritual teacher, and mentor, registered nurse, budding animal communicator, very well versed in near-death experiences, as well as the paranormal. I always say we never went looking for the paranormal, it found us. And I have two exciting guests with me this evening, but if you know you've been here before, you know I go through all the housekeeping things. I see Diane Brighton here right now. Welcome, uh, Diane. Nice to see you here. So first things first, we have a TV channel for the network. This show is streaming there tonight. It's on Roku. If you want to watch this via your TV, you're going to go to the channel store on Roku. Uh, you're going to type in UFO space P as in paranormal. There's a drop down list. We're about the third or fourth one down and you're looking for UFO space paranormal and United Public Radio. Also, this network's been around for 25 plus years. We are streaming multiple incredible shows uh, seven days a week. There's something for everybody here. So please let your friends and family know if you enjoy what you see. Please like, share, and subscribe. Also, when we aren't streaming live, the archive server randomly picks shows over the last 25 plus years. So we are streaming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But like I say, there's something for everybody. We've got a lot of great new shows and hosts on the network. So be sure to check those out. Also, if you know, we've already got some of our great audience here. We've got Cindy Simpson. She says, hello, everyone. Michelle over in Australia. I know she's probably getting ready for work. It's Tuesday morning. She says, good day, all. Got Kathy Hanley-Little. She says, hi, Laura Lee, Brian, and Dave. So she's she's already checked out our guests. Um, but I will get to them in just one second. But if you want to join in the conversation, 80% of our audience is listening only or on the replays. But we love to have you join the party. If you know this show, and my second show that I co-host with my very good friend and amazing medium David Hansel on Thursday night called The Thing at the Foot of the Bed at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on UPRN. You know that my shows are very audience participative. So if you're watching, I like to highlight comments usually in the left-hand lower end of the corner of the screen here and involve you in part of the conversation. So how you can do that to join in is you need to head over to either, there's a few places. You can go to UFO, Paranormal Radio, Radio and United Public Radio, I think it is, on Facebook and YouTube. We're streaming to my YouTube. Uh, that just reminded me, my YouTube channel. Uh, sorry, I got to do this. I forgot to hit live on Instagram as I'm going to tell you to head to Instagram. Sorry, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is the Angel Rock with Laura Lee Potvin. We're streaming to Canada's Most Wanted. And I am streaming on my Instagram, which is uh, the Angel Rock. One thing, StreamYard does not integrate the comments from Instagram yet. So if you're over there, I'm not purposely ignoring you. I will try and uh, pop back and forth, check in to see how how and who is there and invite you to head over here and join in the fun. So I've got two guests here. One of them is locally from Thunder Bay and some of our regular crew knows we had quite the interesting, there are no coincidences in life, I always say, a couple weeks ago with Douglas Hodson, who's a lawyer. We talked about near-death experiences. He's over in Australia and he lived and grew up in Thunder Bay. We're not very big. There's about 100,000 of us. So it's Dave Mossman, and, and, and my, my mind just 
bright, uh, blank here, Brian Nolette. But let me read a little bit about them for you and why, why we're going to be talking to them tonight. So Dave Mossman is an elementary school teacher and having worked with incredible organizations organizations, my mouth does not want to work tonight, such as Kids Help Phone, um, Special Olympics, and Easter Seals, along with Brian Nolette, proud father of two young boys, and he's always had a deep love for children's literature. These two have created an incredible brand, The Buddies, dedicated create to creating children's books and resources that address social emotional learning. And we're going to be talking about that in their new book, and they've got a new journal that came out. So welcome, um, Dave and yeah, thanks for having us. Brian. You don't have to be nervous with us. I'm not, but you know what it is? Okay, I don't write this down. So it's like I'm going through my brain and then I'm trying to remember what I'm going to say next. And then it was the Instagram that threw me off because what they do is they leave me a little reminder on the screen here and it drives me crazy because I can't see anything once I get talking. So you guys, that is quite a foray to get into children's literature, because you two probably know it's, I think, even more difficult with being authors when it comes to children's literature. Would you agree? Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, you know, there's so many books out there, and this is kind of one of the reasons, um, you know, Dave <laughs> and I wanted to write a book in the first place. So I have two boys, and my oldest is eight. So I've been reading books to them for, for eight years and I would read books every single night and, you know, they're great. They're stories, but there, there weren't a lot of lessons in these books. So we wanted to create a, a series of books that, you know, touched on social and emotional learning, which are different situations that kids go through every single day. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of one of the reasons we, we want to get into this. But as you said, there are so many different books, so many different authors out there that, um, you know, it's, it's hard for us to separate ourselves from the rest of them. So that's what we're working on right now, creating our own brand and kind of, uh, expanding that. Okay. So you want to let them know what, so it's called the buddies, the brand, but what's the name of the book? And if you want to tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, the book is called jungle buddies. Um, we decided to create kind of a five book series. We have our first book that came out in December. So it's called Jungle Buddies, A Race for Remembers, the first book. Um, and it centers around Scooter the Sloth, who's a very anxious and nervous sloth. There's a big race coming up um, in the jungle and he's very nervous about it. And his friends, who are the Jungle Buddies, kind of rally around him to help him out. So Brian and I had a ton of fun, you know, coming up with these ideas and coming up with the characters um, to kind of bring them to life. Well, what I was going to ask you, I'm a mom too. I have two boys, one that's almost 30. I can't, well, it's going to be 29 in July. I'm aging myself here a bit, I guess. But I have a almost 26 year old son who Dave has met years ago in the work that he's done. That's how I know Dave, uh, who has severe autism. And with no disrespect, he's between almost like a five to seven year old still in the adult stage. But the reason why I think your books and the series is so important is never mind. And I always say, unless it's in your bubble, you don't there's just too much to know, right? What's going on in the world, but with, especially with special needs and I'm specifically addressing autism where, you know, when my son was first diagnosed very early years ago, they were looking at about one in 10,000 boys. And now depending on where you live geographically, it's one in 32 to 40 children yeah. that are diagnosed and they're 
they're saying or projecting in the next 10 years, it could be one in every second child. Now, after that big, long explanation, one of the biggest things I'm seeing, never mind with neurotypical children, if we use the, the lingo that's out there, meaning children without any disabilities in any sense, it's difficult for children to have the words to express themselves, but especially for children with special needs. Were you guys, like Dave, I know that you're not a father yourself just yet, but you're working with young children and you too, Brian, with your young children, were you guys seeing this? Is this the need you guys were trying to fill? Well, I think I think because I've, I don't have kids of my own, but I I've worked for many, many years, whether it be a teacher the past seven years or like I said, my prior work with kids' cell phone or Easter seals and Special Olympics, just seeing a lot of kids with certain special needs. Um, the idea kind of came about too in terms of, you know, where I work, I work on a First Nations reserve up in Canada, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, we don't even have access to clean drinking water yet. And uh, there's just a lot of issues that happen up here. And we can see that the kids struggle with different social, emotional learning how to manage when they feel angry when they're mad even if they're too happy and them having too much energy and really we wanted to focus our our books on kind of every single book kind of picking an emotion that a kid would go through and and how to go about handling that emotion and that's why we came out with our journals as well yeah we're going to get into that mm -hmm. so um were you noticing the same brian because i know as little ones especially and it's so hard with a really big emotion to be able to find the word to express what that is or to even be able to have the words to talk about it that we can as an adult. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when kids are so young that it, it's the time now to, to kind of teach them about social emotional learning. So that way, when they do get older, you know, they, they're able to understand the feelings that they're going through and they're able to know how to react in certain situations Whereas, you know, if they didn't have social emotional learning in the curriculum, um, kids would kind of be fending for themselves, so to speak. Right. Um, and it's funny that you brought up uh, a child with autism. I believe um, some of the feedback we received from our book, Dave, you had a, a story about a child. I don't know if you want to tell it. Yeah, I have, I have a friend of mine, um, Jay, and his his son deals with autism and um, he's really about books. And usually every time they go on vacation, um, you know, they, they struggle with, with keeping him busy and keeping him engaged. And he, all he wanted was his Jungle Buddies book to come with him on vacation. And it's been his favorite book and it kind of helps him and calms him down and, you know, helps him throughout, you know, his day reading our book. So that really meant a lot to us. I'm um, hearing that from, from, from our friend there that got the book. Well, I, I'm sure it did because what we ended up doing, I used to go to conferences every two years in Toronto, in Canada, in Ontario here for people. We've got we've got Australia in the house. We've got Sri Lanka in the house. Hi, Kaysen, nice to see you. We've got Julie Evans here, says evening. And um, we ended up finding, or I did the five-point rating scale. And my son was able to learn it as he got a bit older. But it's pretty complicated. So before I jump into the journal, because I loved what you guys did, I was I took a look at it with the pictures and the illustrations and what have you. And I, I'm even going to back up even a little bit more for people that don't know uh, Kit's health phone. Dave, do you want to tell them a little bit about this? Because people listening from around the world, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, Kit's health phone is um, a confidential service in Canada where kids and young adults can call in with you know if they're dealing with anything at home, dealing with 
dark thoughts or dealing with certain feelings and emotions. And, you know, if they don't feel comfortable talking to a family member or talking to a teacher, it's a confidential hotline that people can call. And I worked with them to, to organize their walk so kids can talk many, many years ago. So they had held a special place in my heart and I know, know they do amazing work. I know a lot of people that work there in Toronto at the head office there. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, when we launched our journal, we wanted to give a certain percentage back and we decided to do that. It was in conjunction with Bell Let's Talk Day, the, the mental health day with Bell Let's Talk, but we decided to donate um, 100% of the proceeds actually to um, Kids Help Phone that day. I, I thought that was amazing. And again, for people listening around the world with the Let's Talk Day, was it January 24th? Was that the day I think you guys released yes. that? Yeah. So what that is, is, you know, and I'm not even putting it in a nutshell even here, but it's to talk about mental health issues and things like that throughout Canada, right? And am I missing something? Is there anything you want to add to that, either one of you? No, and I think it's, um, no, no, and they've been doing it for years and years. And I know that we wanted to pick um, an organization that was youth centric, you know, because our books are for, our books are for kids I, currently for kids like kindergarten through grade three. I was going to ask you that. So I'm glad you said that. Okay. Oh yeah. Around four to eight years old. Um, you know, we might have some other plans in the future of different ages, but right now we're concentrating our first five books on the, that age range. Um, Cause we figure too, like concentrating on those kids who are young and helping them to develop those skills at a young age will help them further in life. Right. Um, and I know that a lot of us, even adults probably listening to this right now and watching, a lot of people have dealt with certain mental health, whether that be, you know, you know, there's always, you know, mental health is a big thing nowadays. It's always been around, but I know there's been more concentration, like you said, with the Bell Let's Talk Day and just having those conversations around mental health, we feel is very important. Um, so we wanted to kind of start that at a young age in terms of, you know, how to manage your emotions and and if you feel something to get that out. Right. No, I love that you're starting at this this young age. So so let's get into the first book a little bit about this because I love what you shared about your buddy Jay's and how he loves the book. So was he able to share with you what his son connected with or he just connected I think, with the story? I think it was mainly the characters. Um, I know that, you know, we went through a whole process in terms of developing our characters, which was kind of neat. Well, let's um, talk about it then. Let's talk okay. about how you yes. guys came up with the concept and stuff. So I know that um, Brian's, Brian's kids really liked, you know, we were really engaging, I think, in the jungle theme, right? So we wanted to create our first set of, of books around that. I don't know if, Brian, you want to touch about your kids liking that? or Sure. I mean, yeah. even for myself, I've always had kind of, uh, you know, an interest in jungle animals. I've, I've been to Africa myself. I, oh, cool. I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. I, mm-hmm. you know, I have animals as tattoos. I have an elephant. I have a lion. So jungle mm-hmm. animals have always been of interest to me. You know, my kids love jungle animals for for those reasons and different cartoons they've seen. So um, we had we had a bunch of different ideas. So you know, we had uh, northern animals or uh, barnyard animals, but we we decided to go with jungle animals for our first book series and I like uh, it. hi Carrie yeah. oh, sorry. so so we actually uh sent out uh, a survey and we had the community help us decide what characters to use so I think oh, we had, what a good idea yeah so I think we had about tw- uh maybe 20 different types of animals jungle animals that were in there and we had a, a great response I think we had over 200 people respond to our survey deciding which 
of the top five animals they liked and then also what style of character they liked. So uh, it was great to, you know, have the community be involved in selecting these characters and, and kind of make them feel like they're a part of this book as well. Yeah, so we had people across Canada. Well, yeah. Yeah, we had people from all over participate in this survey. So it was kind of neat, um, you know, and people kind of had uh, that stake in, in in the Jungle Buddies too because they participated in choosing the characters um, and what they sort of looked like and which animals they were. So it was a lot of fun doing that. And, and you know, teachers would be doing it with their kids and filling out a survey of their favorite jungle animals. So it was a neat way to kind of bring it down to five jungle characters that we wanted in our books. Yeah, it was great. We had, you know, some teachers have their entire class fill out the survey. I love it. And so mm. it was great to see what animals they picked. And then kind of, we also found that, uh, you know, bright colors were very popular and big, big eyes. If you think of Disney characters, big, big eyes on their characters, bright colors that draw the, the kids to the books. So that's one of the things we found as well. From, from doing these and surveys. A, and a good story. Hang on, I'm just going to say hi here. I wanted to give a few people a shout out. So speaking of animals, we've got Julie Jean Bassett, amazing animal communicator. She's located in the U.S. She's also a shamanic practitioner. If you guys are looking for a great healer. You definitely want to check her out. She's definitely helped even myself and my family. And Carrie Lynn Shellhorn, how, and we got Diane Brighton, but I can't not say hi to Carrie Lynn Shellhorn and give her a shout out. She is a host on our network. She's a very gifted medium, a uh, paranormal investigator. She has an incredible show on Fridays called Spirit Switchboard from 6 to 8 p.m. She's also a friend of mine and you guys, she's coming up to, we just can't get away from Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay is having a huge paranormal conference in October. Um, I think it's called Lake Superior Paracon. Apparently I may be speaking at one of the smaller uh, rooms there, but Carrie Lynn is coming up as one of the main speakers. So you don't want to miss her. I know awesome. she's, she has, um, well, she's in Southern Ontario. She has dining with the dead and things. And Carrie Lynn, yeah, I, trying to say this off the top of my head it's something in sweets i looked at it today so she's going to be doing what's called gallery reading some messages from people's loved ones and you have dessert while you're doing it when she's up for the conference so you guys i want to check out her show for sure Definitely will. what i wanted to say yes thunder bay boy for a small city we had paul schaefer come from here years ago and it just seems everybody's branching out doing all these things yeah. and the reason why i'm getting you to talk about all this and i wanted to have you guys on here we have a global audience so it's lovely that you guys were able to access people in north america but like you said brian you traveled to uh, africa and you know what i love too because think off the top of my head you know Besides a jungle book, it hasn't really been overused. The jungle, the jungle storyline. Do or did you guys find that yourself that it's been used quite a bit? I mean, I think it's it's definitely been used. You know, if you think of the Lion King, it's one of oh, the right. yes, movies yes. of all time. But um, you know, I could think of say you know Madagascar, the just certain cartoons, but it's not super overly used. I wouldn't say. But not in books, though, right? Like, you guys aren't doing yeah. a cartoon or... Maybe well, one day. ...on the line somewhere. <laughs> what were we going to say, yeah. Dave? I said, maybe one day. You never know. So let, let's, let's talk about the the characters and stuff, because I think it's so important for children to develop these skills at the young age. Because I don't know about... Well, I'm older. I mean, I'm going to be 59 in August, so... No. I'm, noticing that a lot of um you know 
people amongst, say, Dave, your age and younger, especially, it almost, it seems like there's an epidemic of depression, anxiety, um, people, you know, bullying is at an all-time high as much as it's being, you know, people, schools are trying to address it. We're seeing governments try to address it. And it just seems to be getting worse and worse. So I'm loving that you guys are really looking at this and helping children to develop these skills because it sounds like from the research I was doing, um, it's not really being addressed as well as it should be maybe in most curriculums within a, a school arena if, if, if I'm, you know, from what I saw. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Like, how, how does this story sort of incorporate these emotions? And if I remember the book, so it's uh, Jungle Buddies, A Race to Remember. It's, it's about one. confidence, right? And self-esteem? Yes, the first one's about confidence and self-esteem. And um, what happened to is because I work in schools, like obviously I've seen it amongst kids and different emotions they go through. But social emotional learning has been a big focus over the past couple, just a few years in terms of in the curriculum and teachers incorporating it. And I think I'll, teachers are having a hard time finding resources to to utilize to incorporate social emotional learning into their classrooms. And, you know, we're starting at this age from K to three, and we wanted to create a resource that teachers could use, social workers could use, parents could use to help to, you know, help kids to identify these emotions and help them with, you know, managing their behaviors. Um, I know that we, we kind of on our website, too, we put up lesson plans for teachers. So when they get the books, they can actually use it's not just a book. They can use the book and then there's um, we have dozens of lesson plans that teachers can use in their classrooms with art, with um, social studies, with language um, to help teach these kids about about social emotional learning and how to manage their behaviors. OK, so let's go back to this story. I'm going to ask yeah. you, Brian. So okay. the main character, is he a sloth? Is that is that what he is? Yes. Yeah, so of the, the survey we did, Scooter the sloth, he was the number one pick um, out of all the characters. Which so is we, so we, cute. Absolutely. Yeah, people love sloths. The sloth, and, and the thing is, I don't think there's a lot of books with a sloth as the main character. So we're like, hey, this is perfect. Let's use him as the main character for our Instead of book. a turtle, right? Like sloth, you know what I mean? Yeah. To be in a race, like what exactly. a character to pick. I it's, think it's, it's great funny. You, it's funny you should say that because uh, there's a lot of similarities within this book where, you know, he actually gets very nervous because he knows he's not the fastest. And that's how, you know, it, it, the book basically deals with him overcoming his uh, anxiety and his, his uh, self-doubt and how his friends kind of help him through this uh, through different ways. Um, so. So what are, are you able to share? Like, I don't want to give away too much. Oh. You guys give away as much as you want with the book, but what other characters did you find people were really drawn to that you were able to pull into the story? Yeah, I think the first, uh, well, the top five that were selected were uh, Scooter the Sloth, mm -hmm. Lincoln the Lion. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess we added the names after. We didn't want to go with, you know, the the most common names where, you know, you wouldn't choose Leo the Lion. So we wanted something more unique. So we chose like Lincoln that. the Lion. Um, we have Milo the Monkey. Okay. Flick the Flamingo and Gabby the Giraffe. So those are the five jungle buddies. There are... Oh. Uh, you don't see them in the first book, but there is, you know, supporting characters in the second book. Um, so there are other animals in our Jungle Buddies universe. Uh, mm -hmm. But those are the five main ones that uh, our, our five stories will be built around. And uh, as I said, so we chose Scooter as the, the main character of the first one. And, you know, he has a race that's coming up. 
And so he, he feels very nervous and is, has to get over his self-doubt and his, his friends help him through, through different ways. Um, and I guess, I mean, you know, these are different solutions that we've researched on, you know, breathing techniques and, okay. and um, uh, you know, kind of taking your mind off things through, through dance or through creative, uh, you know, different ways, creative dance, um, certain things like that. And so um, we wanted to incorporate those into the first story. So uh, you had mentioned, you know, uh, bullying earlier. So we, we originally had thought of maybe doing bullying as one of our, our story topics, but we felt that maybe that one had been used more than say some other social emotional learning topics. So it's not to say we won't come back to that one day. We had talked about maybe, you know, releasing a book on bullying on, you know, a pink shirt day or something like that to coincide with bullying. Um, I had all kinds of things like I was thinking because now this is a touchy topic, but it happens to every one of us very sadly, but death, death in the family, or I mean, there's anxiety, there's, um, there's just another one. I just hadn't went off the top of my head, but especially like, you know, losing a grandparent or dealing with grief. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, quite a few we have, uh, actually our, so our first one touches on, uh, overcoming obstacles, believing in oneself, friendship, dealing with emotions. Our second book that's coming out actually deals with uh, inclusion. So making everyone that's feel That's like what I was going to say. Thank you. I was going to ask about special needs. Thank you. How could I forget? Mm-hmm. I was reading the comment. Yes, I'm so glad to hear that. Please yes. tell us more. Yeah, I'm actually excited for our second book. It was uh, an idea that my son James, I mean, he kind of, it happened to him. So I was like, hey, this would be a great idea for a book. But I don't want to hide open- I like that. Sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I think, that, I think this is actually the first time we've really talked more about our second book. So this I is told kind of, you guys, we're going to yeah. have so much to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody hours. really knows what our second book is about until now. So our second book is about, uh, it, it, it follows Milo. Who's, uh, the monkey. He's the okay. main character of our second book. And I love that uh, you're sticking with the same characters. Yes. yes. For the first yeah. five books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the second book, uh, centers around Milo and all the jungle buddies get invited to a birthday party except for him. And so oh, obviously he's upset. This happened to my son. So I was like, you know what? This would be mm-hmm. a great idea for a book. And then you're kind of researching how to make him feel better and how to make him feel included and and stuff like That's that. That's a so. common thing. Like like my second son, I think, went to one birthday party. And I think parents thought that I would just go and, you know, Hooray, I got a I, I got a holiday. I'm gonna dump my cat. Of course not. I'd be so stressed. So I was right there with them. But when your child doesn't get invited, and that's that's a really difficult thing. And it's sad. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to add that because I'm gonna read Contessa's uh, comment in just a minute. I didn't want to hide your face though, Brian. No, no, so no. continue. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So it's it's about how his friends make him feel included, even though he wasn't invited to this party. And um so it I mean, like the title of the book, the, the title of the second book is called uh, the, Bur- uh, the Surprise Party, Jungle Buddies, The Surprise Party. So really what happens is his friends throw a party for Milo to make Aww. him feel included. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. So we've, we've actually the story's done being written. It's with our illustrator, Chris Rose, right now. He's working really hard on it. He's doing a great job. He's been sending us, um, you know, drawings of the second book mm-hmm. and they look fantastic. 
Speaking um, of animals, <laughs> my dog does this every oh, show. Sorry, guys. It's a family Love show. It. I told you guys it's not not formal. Of course, it'll be professional. Oh, right. she thinks she's a lap dog. Honey, it's not time. Down you go. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Sorry, she I'm still here. She tried to unplug my uh my laptop here. You gotta go lay down, sweetie. Okay. Thank you. What's his name or her name? Her name is Ember Lee, but we call her okay. Emmy. Yes, she shows up every yeah. show on yeah. Thursday nights. My friend David has four cats, my co-host, and at least one of them joins us and my cat, everybody. People love, like I said, you know what? And I've told most of my guests this about this, that when people are able to watch a show like this, right, they get yeah. to see that we're regular, normal people and we're having a conversation about what you guys are passionate about because we're getting some great feedback here already. I would love to share this this content uh, sure. comment here. I didn't want to hide your face, Brian, while you were talking. No, okay. So I read them out because most of our audience is audio. So Contessa Martin says, my son will turn 25 this Thursday and he has suffered from bad anxiety since grade two onward. I wish he had more help in school. We did work with him at home, but it would have been helpful if he had had some help at school. So you guys already, I've never seen, no, I haven't been looking at children's books for a while, obviously, because my youngest really doesn't care about books that much. But my whole point is, I love what you guys are doing. You've got free printables with the website. You've got lesson plans for teachers. But my next question is, how do you get teachers to buy into this or be able to fit this into the curriculum? Yeah, well, we are, you know, we've, uh, we have our little bubble where we have reached out to, you know, teachers that we know and know of and schools that we're connected to. Um, right now, we're actually kind of trying to spread the word. We've done media in terms of trying to spread the word to teachers across mm -hmm. Canada. Um, for right now, doing podcasts like these. You got to think global. You got to think global. You I, might have teachers listening from all over the I world. I know, I know. And mm -hmm. and really what we created the Buddies for wasn't just for Canada. It was for all around the world, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we've already sold some of our, our books overseas in the UK and in Australia. And people are really getting on board with it. Mm -hmm. um, but right now we're actually running this. We're trying to spread the word by running this coloring contest that we have right now. Because we want people to win a uh, you know, a class out of our jungle journal. So we're running, running a neat coloring contest just for teachers to kind of get to know us too. Uh, also sending them our, our media kit where they can find out more about the buddies. Um, but we're running a contest from now until March 22nd, where kids from K to three can participate in the coloring contest, teachers submit um, and get a chance to win our journal. So we're, we're, you know, we just launched in December. So um, we're I forgot really to mention that you guys have done a lot. Yeah, you. I remember because I talked to you guys, you about this, Dave, in December, right? Yeah, yeah. We just we just launched our, our you know, the buddies and our first book in December. Um, and so we've a lot of things has ha have happened since then, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're really excited about it. Our goal is to try to reach as many kids and parents and teachers as possible. So that's why we're doing some fun stuff like this and getting on your podcast and trying to reach a broader community. So we really appreciate you having us on. Oh, I'm glad um, to hear you've got lots of good feedback. Like Michelle, yeah. Michelle's put some good comments up here. One of the things she had suggested, I would imagine this would have to be an online thing, but hey, what better way to pick people's brains that are listening? She had mentioned about something, sure. choose your own adventure. So I don't know if that's something maybe you might look at now, consider because that's what she said. Um, I used to love choose your own adventure books. So she thought she'd share that. Oh, you know who I forgot to say hi to? And he's fellow Canadian, Z Sun Dragon or Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Sorry, I forgot to say hi. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm going to keep going back. 
and then Carrie Lynn mentioned people struggling with emotional uh, regulation. And we're seeing that even nowadays because we don't learn these skills as children. I'm sorry, but we don't. And unless you have, you know, parents that are tuned into it or know exactly because you'll, you'll hear things like, um, what was the term? I, it was in my brain there. Um, it'll come back to me. It was emotional. I forget what it was. It's a big buzzword that's out there right now. But my point is that not everybody's taught about emotional regulation. They're not, right? And especially like things like depression in children presents very differently than it does in adults. Um, anxiety is a weird feeling for little ones. And Brian, I'd love to hear your feedback. Even you, Dave, with, with teaching too, what you notice with children, like sometimes they can't even identify what that feeling is because, it's, you know, it's not really sadness. You're not really afraid. You know, most kids may not really even understand stressed or I'm feeling anxious, right? So um, I think this is great. So like you'd mentioned a little bit, I'm sorry I got off track there when you were talking, um, Brian, about the second book. So without giving too much away, what other emotion, I think you might have mentioned it, but again, for people just tuning in, what other emotions are you guys looking at? Um, in the future? In future books? So we have, I mean, we have a whole list of ideas, but, um, we're looking at, um, you know, uh, self image to make, make kids realize that not everybody is the same and that that's okay. That everyone's different. Um, the anger management, anger management. Yeah. Yeah. How to manage your anger. If you're feeling angry, um, you know, like we said, we're doing disappointment or feeling like left out and loneliness and really touching on those things so that when kids read the book or parents read it to their kid, they can kind of empathize with the character or see themselves in a character and think about what that character did or how their friends helped them out. Or if they they, they themselves see their friends who are angry or sad or, or going through or anxious um, and how they can be a jungle buddy or be a buddy to their friends and help them out through throughout that situation. I, right? I love that because I'm not going to, I'm going to get into the journal because I love the journal idea. Carrie Lynn was reading my mind. It came up to me already. And then I seen your words, emotional intelligence. That's the big yes. buzz right now, right? That's out there. Yeah. And I know there's a little, um, Julie mentioned herself. She's in um, the U.S. She said, I think a book on how to deal with bullies. Bullies are a big issue in the U.S. schools. She yeah. said, mm -hmm. yeah. here too. Yeah. And I know that like with, with emotions, I remember um, even growing up with my younger brother, um, he kind of had that temper in him, right? Like that kind of little bit of rage and, you know, he'd play a board game and he'd flip the board game and he wouldn't win. And, you know, and I don't like, he, he wouldn't know how to manage that or how to like, you know, identify that, that that's an emotion that he's feeling and how to overcome that. So that's what we're trying to do with our books too. I know that in a previous um comment they mentioned choose your own adventure and i know brian brian thought about that before of doing a book like that so did you brian we had i mean we have a couple of different ideas choose your own adventure we have um you know an idea where uh you know a child could pick kind of their own avatar character and be put into a book um or if you could pick the emotion, like say, you know, down the line, you yeah. have the website, it would kind of be like choose your own adventure, but you could choose the emotion to work with. See, that's a great idea. And like within one book, right? And they can kind of Or go. even on a website, like if you had on the website as yeah. part of your buddy site, like you got your all your books out, your five books, right? And they could choose their character and fit it into 
it would be it'd yeah. be a lot of work don't get me wrong but it would certainly be something interesting in the future unless you guys already had that because i don't know how you do it in a book what do you think in a book what were your thoughts right uh dave well when, just... like what how, like when we came up with our first book Am I, am no, I, no, am I okay? Am I freezing? Finish your own adventure in a book. Like, I don't know what that would look like. Do you guys know, or did you have thoughts on that? I, I think yeah, you'd I have think to do have a bit to, more research. I think you would have to almost write a few different stories and then the child would sort of choose the route they would go. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're feeling this way, go to this page. If you're feeling this way, go to this page. And that would kind of guide them and then maybe provide possible solutions for, um, the way they're feeling and kind of te- uh, de- teach them how to deal with those emotions within the choose your own adventure story as well. You know, if I, I, I think I would do this, maybe go to this page or, or something along the lines of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and each of our characters, um, the, how we developed our characters too, is that especially with the jungle buddies, each character has a different personality or different trait to them. So obviously mm-hmm. scooter, he's the, he's the center of our first book and the main character in the first book because it's dealing with nerves and anxiety. However, Milo, um, even though he's a fun character, he's he he deals with sadness and loneliness in, in that book. So every book's going to be a different jungle buddy. The teacher, the one of the buddies. Yeah, right? so, you know, the first book's The Sloth, Scooter the Sloth, second's Milo the Monkey, and the other three are going to come out later this year. I know what we were talking about, and I would notice a comment, and then I went off in a different tangent, Brian, but I love, like you guys had said, your second book is about diversity. And like I said, I can speak autism because that's my world, right? But that's not the only thing, but we are seeing more and more of this, or um, I'll try not get too much into this because it can create a lot of division in the comments but um you know racism or understanding people that look different than we each other i think like that's what you had said sort of that's what you're looking at was that where you were going with that brian and i'm sorry i went off in a different well, um it's, it's more about inclusion and making everyone feel included even though they're different or you know they're not in a different social grouping it's, it's to somehow make all your friends feel included if they mm-hmm. feel left in. so that's a big thing for us and i know you brought up you know, racism, one of the reasons we chose animals in the first place was to avoid a race issue. I like that. So mm-hmm. it, it was to make, you know, all animals seem the same, even though they're different and avoid, you know, lines, as you said, division between characters. We didn't want that at all. We didn't want, you know, kids to look at that and, and pick one side versus the other. We wanted this to be a, a you know, a group of books that kids can enjoy all the characters and, and don't even think about that. You know, it's yeah. for young I kids. Love, that, I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a hot button topic and you want to stay away from that. Now, the one question that I keep feeling hearing in the back of my mind here is, so when you guys have come up with these ways to manage, are you mainly building off of your experience in the education world, Dave, and your experience, Brian, as a parent, or are you consulting with experts? And there's no right answer. I'm just asking out of curiosity. Yeah, no, um, we do have people that we do talk to about this, as well as um, we've done for months and months before we even came up with the book, Brian and I did extensive research on social emotional learning. I knew that I was first introduced to so like SEL, social emotional learning, you know, through my job, but then I got really interested in it and Brian and I talked about it. And obviously Brian mentioned it with his kids and seeing certain things, but I've seen it with students in my class. 
Um, but I have friends who are, um, you know, psychologists and stuff like that, that have ran certain things through and, and talking with them. I know that, you know, some parents get nervous about using certain terms, especially with young kids, like stress. Cause like, we all feel like our kids shouldn't have to deal with stress at a young age or the word anxiety, but, and talking about nerves, but through our books, we want to make sure that kids realize that these feelings are normal to have so that when they do feel these things, they don't think they're weird or they don't feel like they're an outcast. And that's kind of our mission too, is try to have kids identify their emotions, how to express them, how to manage them. And, you know, if they start that at, like I said, at a young age, that'll help them later in life as well. I have to agree with you because I know I was never taught this in my era and, and, you know, I really tried to teach my children this, but like you mentioned with your brother, Dave is my youngest was always the one I say that gave me my gray hair. Um, yeah. It was just because he had that kind of personality as well with the autism, right. And very quick to anger and so on and so forth. Whereas I find my eldest was very even ten tempered, but I think he almost didn't express a lot of emotions because he could see his brother was a lot of work when he was younger. And I think he almost se seemed a bit stunted with his, to be able to express what he was feeling. And I like that you brought up the point that, you know, some people might get nervous about kids hearing about the word stress or anxiety. But like I always say, first of all, no emotion is a bad emotion, but we need to be taught I think at a young age, why they're there and how to be able to feel them. Like maybe we can't use the words at a certain age when we're young, especially if it's a big emotion like anger, especially I know or frustration. Those are, those are emotions that even us as adults, right? Like how many times have we seen when we're frustrated? We're just like, like yeah. you don't have a word because you're just so frustrated. So yeah. I love that. And I, the other thing I was going to point out too, that I know that maybe some people might get a little nervous about stress or anxiety, but the thing is, right, what might not seem stressful to say somebody, say your age or my age, a little person, that is stress for them. That is anxiety. And I think it's okay to give a name to it all and, you know, give kids some tools, if you will, to be able to learn how to process and express them and i'd love to hear both from both of you what your thoughts were on that too yeah well a big part of our first book which i found my students at our school that, that where i teach as well as we heard a lot of feedback their favorite part of the book is the part where milo the monkey teaches scooter the sloth how to like a breathing technique mm -hmm. i think brian touched a bit about you know he's feeling these this anxious feeling he doesn't know if he'll you know complete in this race and and his friend his buddy milo is helping him how to breathe in and breathe out. So it's kind of teaching those kids, okay, if you're dealing with this kind of situation, just breathe and, you know, take your time and, and everything will be okay. You know? What about, and I, I'm not, I want you to answer too, Brian, what your thoughts are, but um, too, I would hope, and I'm guessing, cause I haven't had a chance to read the book, but that we're not focusing on winning. It's focusing on doing the best that you can and having fun. Would that be the gist of what that book is about? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, really it's about realizing that you don't need to win to, to feel good about yourself as long as you did your best um, and have so, fun and had exactly. fun exactly yeah mm -hmm. so it's uh you know without getting giving everything away about the story um you know scooter realizes he did his best he finishes and is is happy about learning you know that he didn't need to win to to you know 
be happy with the result of the race. So, um, and it's funny, Dave brought up sloth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a sloth. So that's, that's kind of why he's nervous in the first place. Right. So, um, he was a great first character to pick for a race, I guess, but it's funny that Dave mentioned kind of the breathing techniques because when I read the book with my youngest son, he just turned three. I was just going to ask you how your kids reacted to it. Do you read my mind? Yeah. Right? <laughs> he loves it. He gets me to read it all the time. And mm -hmm. when we get to the part with the breathing technique, if I, if I want to go ahead in the story, I have to practice it with them every time. So we, you know, we practice, you know, deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth every time. So it's like, your son will remember that though. Children remember things like that, so, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. yeah, he, he loves it. So it's, he actually wanted to go to school today or to, to daycare with his jungle. Buddy. We called it school too. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to go there. So he was, he was really excited to wear it. I sent a picture to Dave earlier. Aww. Anyone watch it. If anybody's watching video, you can see scooter on uh, Brian's shoulder there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if that was Scooter. That's why I asked you if it was a sloth because I noticed you guys have stuffies in the works too. They're they're in plans. They're we're we're investigating. We're we're doing a lot of research again in that. Um, trying to figure out. Uh, obviously, we want we want to make it affordable so that everybody can have one if they want. So yeah, um, we're we're doing a lot of research in that. And obviously, you we're we want them to be you know, safe toys. So we're looking into like safety checks and all that and just kind of gathering as much information right now as we can for stuffies. So. I hear you. No, here's another comment. Julie Jean Bassett says, I wish I had those books when I was growing up. Oh, that's a nice comment. I love that. Yeah. You know what? Me too. I wish I had them as well. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, she I says yes to run, but she loves this idea for kids. So but Brian, so you were saying, yeah, don't you guys wish, like, I don't know. I know even with my son though, like, cause I know you and him are similar age, Dave, my eldest. Um, I don't think we had books like this growing up. No, and I remember like, I mean, I remember as a kid, I would go through, you know, various different situations and feelings. And I've, I've, I had amazing parents who are always there for me to talk to me and be like, oh, it'll be okay. But I don't remember, you know, any books I read or anything like a teacher read to me that really stuck with me that helped me. Okay, I'm feeling sad today. Like, what are things I can do to help myself, you know, get out of this funk or, you know, or to understand what I'm going through. So that was one of the purpose with our books, you know, to help kids kind of manage their feelings and, and identify. And I think them. that's that's one of the that's one of the main reasons we you know, wanted to get this to teachers and, and social workers and different educators in the first place. And that's the reason we created, you know, the lesson plans to give to them for free to, to go with the book. So it's because I guess, Dave, you would know more as a teacher, but I think that's from the feedback I've received is that's one of the biggest things that teachers hate doing is developing a lesson plan. <laughs> yeah. So for us, we're like, Hey, well, you know what, we'll, in the build up to the book, we were creating, we'll create lesson plans for you. So that way you can use the book. And then you have these other tools, as you mentioned, to, to take kids through activities and, you know, practice breathing and, and, you know, work on their emotions through these different plans. So that's yeah, obviously another reason we created our journal as well. So. Oh, you're reading my mind. I was transitioning into yeah. that, but what were you going to say, Dave? I was going to say like, because with our lesson plans, like they can be found on our website, but teachers can read the book to their class and then have a whole hour, 45 minute, 40 minute lesson plan talking about the characters in the book. Why do you think Scooter felt that way? What did Scooter do to overcome this? And having those prompt questions 
um, and even providing like an art activity for the teacher to do with the material list that they can utilize to help to teach these emotions to kids. So we really wanted that to coincide with the book. So every lesson plan has to do right now with our first book. And once we have our second book, there'll be a whole new new set of lesson plans being put up there for the second book as well. You were pretty that smart about with- that. You did all the work for the teachers. So all they got to do is get the book and get in there. Because that lesson, pl- I, I didn't teach at the um, primary level, but before I hurt my back years ago, I set up a course um, in community nursing and taught it at the college level. So I certainly understand about lesson plans and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we we're, we make it super easy for the teachers. We I mean, even, like we said, we have coloring pages that have to do with our first book. We have mazes and word searches at different at different age levels. So tons of activities that, that teachers can use as an extension to the book to utilize that book every year in their classroom, right? So we really want to get that word out to teachers about it. Well, where I'm going to go- All over the world. Yes, all over the world. But what I want to ask Ryan, because you touched on something before we get into you guys, we've almost had a whole hour here. So I want to say Michelle's probably getting ready to go to work. So she said, great work, Ryan and Dave, all the best for the future. She said, I'm sorry, I have to take off. And Julie had to take off too, but she said she loved the idea that you guys are, you're getting some great feedback here. Thank you. But okay, so you mentioned something because I'm thinking K, um, you know, kindergarten to grade three or so, right? Target audience. But you're reading this book to your three-year-old. So how could parents, because where I'm thinking as a parent, right? I'm listening to this podcast. I'm thinking, this sounds really interesting, but I want to use this with my kiddo. But my kid's, you know, two, three years old. So I'd love to hear, like, you, besides you reading and like you shared your experience, how would a parent, you know, they might think their kid's too young for us where I'm going. So I'd love to hear your right. thoughts on this. Right. I mean, you know, parents read books to their kids as it is, right? And even, you know, as I mentioned, my three-year-old, he, you can see emotions that he goes through right oh, now, yeah. even he'll, he'll be afraid of something and you have to kind of talk him through different things and make him realize that, uh, you know, even though he's anxious about something, no matter how nervous he is, it's not going to change what's going to happen. And that, mm-hmm. you know, he should go into it and be confident and, uh, you know, and it's just a small thing, but for example, he's in swimming lessons right now and he's afraid to go down the slide on his own. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's more kind of just showing him that it's going to be okay and making him realize. And then, um, you know, there's different, different things like that. And so even at a young age like that, you still do see the emotions and we, you know, we say we have it targeted for kindergarten to grade three. And the reason for that was because that's, really the earliest we can get lesson plans to the teacher. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it could be for kids of any age. I know Dave, you know, reads it or not reads it, but he has kids at his school that are older that, uh, you know, love the Jungle Buddies as well. So it's it's not just for that set group, but that's the main group we're targeting just to kind of, you know, get it into their hands. But mm-hmm. for example, you know, again, my son, he loves reading the book and, uh, you know, different age groups can can interpret the book in different ways and the same with the journal so you might think you know our journal is my child doesn't say anything let's talk no 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 because you're reading my mind i was just going to ask you that next but people right. are going to go journal how do we get to a journal from a book so let's talk about the journal what's the journal where did it come from the whole bit let's start at the beginning with that yeah journals are uh i mean they're a great tool to kind of, you know, have as, 
not not necessarily a release, but as kind of a tool that allows kids to express their emotions, um, that allows them to reflect on their day, that allows them to, you know, even keep memories and go back and and realize like how did I react in that situation? What did I do? So um, we created the a jungle journal. Uh, I have one right here actually. We created a jungle journal that allows. Hey, I'll read that in a sec. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Well, yeah, that allows kids to, um, again, interpret their emotions. So we have, um, you know, five main feelings in there and kids can kind of understand what each of those emotions mean. Um, And then we have different thought prompting questions. You know, if you felt this way in this situation, what would you do? All jungle related. We have, I think, 20 of them. And then uh, it's a daily a day, uh, social, what is it? Sorry. Daily emotions journal. It's a right draw, uh, journal. So, um, you know, it allows kids to practice their writing for the older kids. Um, it asks them, you know, questions I would ask my kids every night, what were your three favorite things about your day? And it, it kind of lets them reflect on how their day was. Um, and it's also kind of a, a, a tool that kids might go out of their way to do something nice for someone just so they can write about it. In I book. love that part. So yeah. That was something we really love. Mm-hmm. I love that part of kindness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think too, like if you guys, sorry, if like growing up, I don't know if you, if you Laura had like a diary or a journal that you wrote in, you know, no, like I, I know me, even me as a younger adult, even when I was in high school, I don't want to admit this, but I even kept like a journal because I went on, I went on a student exchange before I write everything that happened every day. So, but at a young age, you know, we can't just give a piece of paper or a book to kids and say, write. We wanted to have those prompts in there. We wanted them to talk about their day and how they felt. I'm trying to find it. I was going to pull it up because I love what you guys did. Like I said, my son used, I'm going to read these great comments too. My, my son, my youngest, Justin, they had the five point rating scale. So he finally was able to learn. He had a fantastic teacher, best teacher we've ever had. I shout out every chance I still can, even though he's been out of school for years. And she was able to teach him through pictures that when he was out of one, right, he was calm, he was relaxed. When he was out of five, she actually even got him to do a speech in front of the whole school and the school board. And he's very verbally challenged, but he, and he actually changed up the speech while he was reading it every time he did it. But he said, when I'm out of five, you don't want to see me. (laughs) Mrs. Mulligan says I grow horns and fangs and things like that. Right. But he could tell by the pictures and you guys have the pictures. I just pulled up your website. So once we read the comments and do a bit more talking, if you guys tell me where it is on the page, I'd love to pull it up to show people while we're talking. On the, sorry, on the website. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know if we have Dave, do we have an example of the, I saw saw it. I don't know. I know it's on on interview. Was it on the Ooh, yes, in the interview, it's on there, yes. Okay. Um, but if yeah. you go to Amazon to the book, it has the first five or six pages. You can view it there. Okay, let me see I'll, uh, while we're talking. Because you know what, sure. I guys, I love what you said, though. What were the best things about your day? So there's prompts, there's pictures. But also, um, what did you do, the one thing that was kind today? I love that yes. because I hate journaling. 
And the reason why is because I have a lot of emotions bottled up that I realize once I start writing, I could probably fill up a whole book. And I think it's such an important skill for young children to develop. And were you guys finding this yourself? Like you said, Dave, you kind of didn't want to tell people you had a journal. How about you too, Brian? <laughs> yeah, so I actually, I have a journal that, uh, you know, I write in when I go on my adventures. So I mentioned I had, I had gone to Africa and climbed Kilimanjaro and I wrote in it every day. And, uh, you know, it is somewhat of a coping mechanism and it allows you kind of a, a stress relief as well. I find if you write things down, you, you then some, somehow feel better about things and, and it allows you to reflect on stuff that has happened to you and you can go back and, and, you know, realize, Hey, this, you know, could happen again. This is how I handled it this way. Um, stuff like that. So it was, it was, it was really interesting for me to keep it because, you know, when, when you climb a mountain like that, what they say is you're, you're going to suffer from high altitude memory loss. So it, it was honestly one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And so that's why it, it meant so much to me. And and that's how the jungle, you know, came to be kind of the jungle animals. But, um, you know, it, had I not written all this down in a journal, I would have just assumed it was easy to do because you don't remember all the hard things you went through to get to the, to the point you know, to the top. But you know what? Like my show, um, I talk about the paranormal, I talk about spiritual stuff, sort of strange, unusual, but I also, the gist of my show when I have guests on, it's people that are, are doing something either professionally or personally uh, that are making positive change for humanity. And you guys are definitely doing wow. that with our future because children are. But my point of saying that is, even though we talk about that, and I have many books like this, I talk about this, the importance of keeping a journal for many of the reasons you just mentioned, Brian, and especially like for dreams, because I always say, could I do your dream interpretation? Yes, but nobody knows better what your dream is about than you, because you're the one that had it. Okay. The other thing is, um, I always say to people, you know, if, some people have thoughts, words, whatever. But when you go back, you forgot about the things that you looked at. A lot of times there's a lot of information in there that maybe you thought of, you experienced, whatever it may be. But my point is, looking back on it, say six months later, you go, holy crap, that, that was a sign about things to come. Or we all have intuitiveness, for example, right? Yeah. We all say, we're going to trust my, I'm going to trust my gut. Well, that's your intuitive sense. I don't care whether you call yourself a psychic or you think you don't have any psychic ability. We all do. I really believe that. So it's so important to journal. But like I said, for someone my age, I hate doing it. I think I'll do it for dreams and stuff. I'll keep it here. But to sit down and look at my emotions, some of the ones I don't want to look at when I was a child, and I'm not putting this out there to have a pity party, but my point is I did not have a Brady Bunch um, childhood growing up. A lot of people didn't. Yeah. But when I have to get into those emotions, I don't want to unpack them. So the point I'm, why I'm saying all this is it's so important to develop this skill, I think, as young children. And I'd yeah. love to hear what your thoughts are on that, you guys. Yeah, well, especially because, um, you know, like I told said, I even thought it was weird for me to journal at, you know, at yeah, you thought it was 12, weird. 13. I thought it was weird or I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want them thinking, especially, you know, 20 years ago, them thinking I have a diary or something like that. But if we, we want to normalize journaling and getting those feelings and emotions out, and if kids are starting that at a young age, even if it's kindergarten and the parent is helping them fill out their jungle journal with them, you know, that helps them to realize that journaling is a positive thing and can help them 
you know, through their emotions and behaviors. And, you know, like, for example, if, if a kid can go back in his jungle journal weeks ago and, and say, I'm feeling sad today. What did I do last time I felt sad? You know, yes. and go back, you know, a couple of weeks before and say, oh, I circled the sad face that day and read what they, what happened to them and how they, you know, what they did that day. We wanted to put in those three things, three, three kind of acts the kindness that you've done every day. So we also want to promote kids being kind. And we're hoping with that, even if, you know, the first time they get their jungle journal and they didn't, they can't think of anything kind they did that day, it might prompt them to in future days to think, oh, I bet I want to do something nice. I want to do something kind so I can have something to write in my journal later and kind of promotes that being kind to others with, with kids. Yeah. Brian, didn't you say that in one of your interviews? Cause you're in Ottawa, right? I think it was, a, it was one of the television interviews quickly. Did you say that? Or did I read that? Like, even if they can just start because they want something to write about and yet, right. it, you know, the more you do it, the more it becomes a habit, right? Exactly. And then it's just almost second nature. You know what? I, I see an opportunity to do something kind today. I'm, I'm going to do it. And at first I might start, you know, I, I want to do something kind because I want to write about it in my journal. I didn't have anything to write about yesterday. I want to do something nice for someone today. And then, it you know, it, again, that's why we wanted to do this at such a young age, because you're almost molding them. And the hope is that, you know, society eventually becomes better because of social emotional learning in children. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, I agree. Kids are our future. I wanted to read some of our comments. So Carrie Lynn said, kids are great teachers and hold adults accountable once they learn a lesson. They remind us of what we have taught them when we need to hear it. They do, actually. Don't you guys find that? Right? Yeah. Kid, kids will call you out on something. They have yes, no problem sure. doing that. They will call <laughs> you out. They, she's absolutely right. They will hold you accountable mm -hmm. for sure. So. Well, my youngest... Um, he's much better with his temper now, but when he's anxious or he's upset, he finally has the words. Now it's taken a long time, but he needs pressure. So he's learned to give it to himself to calm himself or he'll ask okay. me. And I don't get angry very often, especially not with my children. I really don't, but say I'm upset about something. Right. And he can tell because kids can read you like a book, whether you think you're hiding it or not. And both you guys know that already. I know you do. 100%. But and he'll say to me, mommy, mommy, do you need some pressure to help you calm down? <laughs> it's like, no, honey, mommy doesn't use pressure. But my whole point is he's picking it up and he remembers about the lesson he's finally been taught, but helps him calm down. Right. And you mean pressure, like holding yourself or yeah, what do you mean? Just needs like the, it, it, it gets what's called the proprioceptive system or yeah. proprioception. And so like the way some kids bounce and stuff to get that sensory feedback for him, yeah. it's pressure and pressure on his head. And it's actually very calming for, again, we're getting into the big labels here, the neurotypical kids too sometimes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I know there's a big thing now with like tapping on your your oh, there's, there's yeah, that's there. called EFT, emotional freedom tapping. Yeah. Some people swear yeah. by it. Um, yeah, you yeah. can do it. It's supposed to be able to help with many things, including you want to change something in your life. I am not an expert on it. I know about it. And there's a whole rigmarole you can do with it. But think about it. One of our first senses that comes in, right, when we're born, what a what everybody wants touch right like babies yeah. when they come in that's why we swaddle them right that sensation of being wrapped up and you know simulates where where they were carried around for nine months <laughs> yeah. so diane brighton says would help 
with people who function emotionally or socially delayed. I think she's talking about for other seasons. So I think what she's saying is some of the books that you're talking about for the future would help. Um, Cassandra says, I was a journal girl when I was a teenager. It helped me tremendously. Right. So right. the other thing I think is so important to teach children too is that this is their sacred space if they're going to journal because I'm sure we all know like you and I think you touched on it a bit Dave that you didn't want people thinking you were weird but I know the big thing for me when I really could have used journaling as a teenager I didn't want my mother snooping around reading it or anybody no. else right that's your private thoughts and your words and so I think that would be something important to teach kids when they're young too that eventually when they start to do it on their own that this is your space to yeah, I think I think journaling is so important. And I mean, with children, you know, Dave brought up a good point where you would sometimes probably help uh, have a, an adult help you write in your book. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the stuff I've read is that kids could have even certain rules with their parents. You know, only mom is allowed to help me fill in my journal because of that privacy. You know, it's kind of a bond between them where. You know, they don't want everybody else to know what they're going through. Mm -hmm. It's something that they can go through with one parent to help them get through everything. So I think it's important because, like I say, and I have met people as adults who have expressed similar feelings like I shared right here, that when I could have really used journaling as a child, even now, I don't want to write down what I'm thinking because, I mean, nobody snoops in our house. That's kind of one of our rules, but it's not that way in everybody's home, right? And a lot of people, like, even when I'm working with people, I do a lot of energy healing and, and what have you, but sometimes it'll come up about journaling. And I'll say to people, if you need to write down whatever you need to work, if you need to use every swear word, you need to use whatever you need to do, write it down, get it out on paper. And if you need to rip it up and symbolically release it into another buzzword, the universe or whatever, right? Wow. But you don't necessarily always want people reading what your thoughts and your words are. So I love what you said there too, Brian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, you know, like I said, it's, there's that confidentiality within a journal. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, like I said, you know, you could have one parent help you and they're privy to the information, you know, because our books are, are geared towards kids that are four to eight years old. Uh, not all of them can write. So they're going to need a parent to help them write in the journal, which is one of the reasons why we added the, you know, draw your day section. So even if they're not able to write about their You're day. You're my mind, Brian. <laughs> I was going to ask you this. <laughs> even if they're not able to write about their day, they can have, you know, mom or dad help them write in the journal. And then they can draw something that meant something to them or draw about their day. Um, and, and like I said, that creates, you know, a, a bond with that parent as well. They can set it up so you know at this time each day we're gonna we're gonna write in our journals. Mm -hmm. So it's it's definitely I think very important in kids to to have this or some kind of coping mechanism. Maybe not a journal, but um, journal is definitely one of them that allows them to you know reflect on their emotions. So mm -hmm. I think it's so important because again you know once we start to develop these habits when we're young 
it just becomes second nature as we get older. And there's so many cool things you could do in the way of learning, right? Like you could, yeah. you know, have a special time, like you said, maybe there's a special space and you both, I love what you said too. I think it was you, Brian, but we write in our journals. So it's not your child necessarily. It's kind of bonding time for the whomever the parent is or if the child's okay with both parents, whatever it may be. But you could have a special book. You know, the obviously the special book would be the journal, but special crayons or, you know what I mean? Like, and it really becomes something that instead of it being a chore, because that's how I kind of felt for a while with journaling too. Never mind, I didn't want anybody to read it. You want to sit down and write it, right? It felt like a chore. You want it to be fun and enjoyable. And I'm going to just share this here. Contessa just said, you have thought of everything. That's brilliant for you guys. She's saying. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, the, we just, and we just launched in, like I said, December. Um, and we come up with, we came up with the book and the journal, but I know that Brian and I, you know, in the future are going to work really hard at kind of developing other resources, social emotional resources that parents can use and teachers can use in the classroom. I can't believe what you guys have done already. I forgot. Like it's just December. You guys just launched and look at all the work you guys have done and what you've, yeah. well, you've already. Yeah. And well, it's been a long, pro it's been seven months in the process before that, like, you know, Brian and I coming together, we'd meet every other day, have Zoom calls, because since we do live in different areas, we can't meet in person. So um, it's been a neat process kind of think coming up with these ideas and coming up with the book, coming up with the journal and getting it out there. And it's such a rewarding feeling to have that book and the journal in people's hands already. So we're really excited about it. No, you can tell you guys have done a lot of the work ahead of time and uh, you've really accomplished a lot. Now, Kaysen, he's over in Sri Lanka. He says, by the way, kids' books should introduce meditation and stuff. So when they're adults, it becomes easy. So there's this, like I said, you can take the suggestion, you can do whatever you want, but these are people. Yeah, who no, we love it. Mm -hmm. oh, these are great ideas for sure. So Cindy says, I've always encouraged my children to journal when they were growing up. When something they could not verbally tell me, they would say, look in my journal. Oh, that's oh, so good. They, they actually gave the permission to her to look. So that's, that's good. I love you know, it. And just, you know, like she's saying here, if you're not able to express yourself verbally, this is another way you can uh, identify your emotions and, and through writing. So all great points. Yeah, because sometimes it might be hard for a kid to go to their parents and say, I'm sad today, you know, but if they have the journal and could say, look at these emotions, how are you feeling? And and our and our journal actually explains what that feeling feels like, you know, and why they might feel that way. So they can kind of identify that and then write what happened to them that day that maybe made them feel that way and what they did and draw the picture and all these kind of things to help with the kids and different ways they learn, you know. Yeah, I like that because if you think about it, right, when you ask a kid, what did you do at school today or how was school? Fine. Yeah, fine. I yeah. used to lie to my parents all the time or just say, yeah, it was fine. Oh, what'd you do? Nothing. Nothing. You know, oh, did you yeah. make any friends? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like where if they have a space where if they know at a young age to journal, then they might be doing that throughout their life. It just mm -hmm. gets them started and which which helps them in terms of, like we said, with the emotions and everything. Are you finding with your boys, Brian, are they, are they using this journal at all? Or have they given you some feedback even maybe? And you too, Dave, with the kids in your class, have they given you any feedback about like maybe what they'd like to see, what they like, parts they like about it? Or mm -hmm. 
I mean, for myself, my oldest one loves it. He writes in it. He writes in it with his mom uh, okay. every day. So daily emotion for him. Um, and and you know, as Dave said, when he was a kid, he would talk a certain way to his parents. I get that same thing from my boys. You know, what did you learn today? Oh, I don't know. What yeah, do you mean? you were there for eight hours. You don't know what you did. No. So, but now he has a tool. My kids that allows, the same. <laughs> yeah, and now he has a tool that allows him to kind of think of certain things he did. So what were the, you know, what were the three best things or your three favorite things you did today? I did this in school. I, you know, I played on the playground with my friend Liam, or we drew this together, or we built a snowman in the schoolyard together. Mm-hmm. Something that kind of, you know, brings joy and, and brings emotions and allows them to identify what might've caused joy or sadness or something like that within their day. So and it could really help that relationship between the parent and the child in terms yeah. of, you know, the child expressing to them what happened in their day, how they're feeling, why they feel that way, instead of trying to get it out of them just verbally. Um, and like we said, it might take them a bit. It might take them a while to get used to writing in a journal. But once you get them started, um, Brian, you know, but, uh, how many pages do we have in there again? 120? 120? Yes. So I think it's because uh, we added in um, at the beginning, there is, uh, yeah. you know, the thought prompting questions and then there's the emotions explained. And then I believe there's about 56 days worth of journal entry days. And then there's yeah. a section at the back for notes. So, you know, just an, an added section where they can write about anything they want or jot anything down that doesn't really fit into their daily emotion. You know, maybe they have plans that they want to do or something that's on their mind that, you know, they wanted to monitor. They can write it in the notes. So we added a notes section at the back of the book. We found that pretty useful as well. So. Yeah, I'm looking on Amazon and I'll look again in case maybe Amazon.com. It, it just gave us the front and the back of it. I, I love that. Oh. Because like you said, here's three of us from three different area arenas, if you will, of life of kids, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all saying the same things that kids just tell you, yeah, everything is fine. Yeah, it was good. So I love what you're doing with the thought that it's actually putting some thought into it. And what are the three things you loved about your day today? Right. Like, I think it's important. The other thing, because again, speaking from a different perspective, that I'm talking to people about the power of positivity, the power of our thoughts and our words and our emotions, right? And people don't realize this, but even I love what you're doing, where I'm going with this is, is it's starting to get into the practice of celebrating the good things in your life, random acts of kindness, right? And I always talk, I preach about it nonstop on here about the fact that it's really, it's a gift to yourself. I I facetiously say it, it's a selfish thing to do random acts of kindness for yourself, really. And it is because, yeah. you, you know, what, what people don't like to feel needed or want to help. I mean, yes, there are people that don't. But on the whole, I think people are good and they will help and they do want to help. So I love what you're doing there, that it's getting into the practice of looking, if you will, the glass half full or the positive side by looking at the good things. Like, what's your thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I think too, like even even in our journal, like even if they're talking about they were sad that day, we still include that. What kind things did you do? Trying to bring out that positive side at the end of it, you know, instead of them just concentrating on why they're sad, but adding that that piece to it. And I think, um, you know, I think Brian and I are both types of people that try to look on the brighter side of things, you know, like mm-hmm. no matter what's happening. Okay, this might be 
a trouble thing going in your life right now, but what's the good that can come out of it? You know, we kind of want kids to come away with there that. There still is good in it. The fact that your child is able to identify it. And yeah. if, even if it's a springboard to have a conversation about it. Yeah. Right? As a parent, even as a teacher, you kind of want to get to the root of, like, if your child's constantly coming home and saying, I was sad today and this is why I was sad, if you will, you can kind of take a look at the pattern there and how can we help this child feel better? Exactly. Would I be wrong with that? or No, that's Yeah, you're bang on with that. And uh, that's that's definitely a great point. Yeah, it it definitely allows... um, parents and inside into kind of what their child's going through. Whereas, you know, if they come home and say, what'd you do today? Oh, nothing. Okay. I didn't do anything. But now if they're actually able to express their emotions, uh, whether they are good or bad, it does allow parents, if they're involved in the journaling process to know what's going on in their child's lives. So not only does it add that bonding experience, but it allows them to identify issues that could potentially be there you know, maybe a child is being bullied and then they're sad to go to school every day or they're, you know, they get angry because something keeps happening or there's Mm -hmm. definitely different emotions that could happen. And this is a way for children to identify those emotions, understand them, but also, as you said, for parents to be able to recognize that these emotions exist and what the potential causes are and what are some possible solutions to fix these emotions or the tools like in the interview that you did brian um in ottawa i think it was with ctv and the woman had a four-year-old son and for the first i think she said a couple days before you'd come on he had he had mentioned he was sad and she said her and if i remember it correctly her and her husband were in a bit of a panic like how do we handle this we've never heard him talk about this like Mm -hmm. you know you want to be able to have the tools or be able to help your child did I remember that correctly? Yeah, no, that was correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melissa, I believe her name was Melissa Lamb. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. So she was the she was the uh, anchor that interviewed me, and she that's exactly what happened. So she has a four year old son that just recently started showing all these emotions, and they didn't know how to handle it. So as a parent, you know, if they had a tool like this to be able to identify what is causing these emotions, maybe they can get to a solution. You know. To, to, to help the child get through these better. And then again, as um, you know, as we talked about, if a journaling, if you're constantly um, expressing your emotions, it allows you to reflect and potentially avoid these situations or know how to fix them in the future easier than you would without tools to help you. I have to agree with you because one of the things I always say, though I come from a medical model background, um, I look at alternative types of healing and I would never discourage someone from doing what they're doing. But if they're finding it's not working and I know this sounds crazy, but I'm going to show this. I show this book from time to time and it may not make sense, but I think you'll see why in a sec. This book is called The Secret Language of Your Body. Okay. Okay. This book goes into why we develop disease or disease. And a lot of it has to do with what we, because everything's energy. If you go to a science background, right? Everything's energy that we are. We are energy, um, our words, our thoughts, our emotions. And when we don't learn to, I really believe this process, emotions, especially, or we've got run into something traumatic or whatever it may be. And we tend to swallow it down or stuff Mm -hmm. it down. It sits there. It's stagnant. 
okay? And they are starting to show with research, even things like cancer has a real emotional basis. Now, it's not pointing at the patient, putting judgment on the patient and saying, this is your fault because you didn't process that emotion, but they're looking into that kind of stuff. And my point is that I think we could see that if we started this at a younger age and taught children what these emotions are and how to process them and give them the tools, I'm not saying that the world's going to completely change, but what I'm saying is maybe there could be some future ramifications for the positive that people wouldn't be developing some of these health issues. We've also seen, I mean, addiction and alcoholism, it is an all-time high. And I always say nobody wakes up one morning and says, I'm, I think I'm going to become an alcoholic or a drug addict. Yeah. In their mind, they are dealing with pain that they can't process. Somebody from the outside looking at it might think, what? That's not painful. To that person, it's painful. So the, I know we're talking about kids stuff, but my point is for the future. That's why I thought this was so important for you guys to come on and talk about this and what an incredible thing you're doing. Because I think we're giving kids tools that they need that hopefully can help them as they navigate this world and grow older. I'd love to exactly. hear your thoughts on that. Oh, no, I think that, that you said it perfectly. And I know that even myself, I've struggled with different mental health issues mm -hmm. throughout my life, you know, whether that be depression, whether mm -hmm. that be anxiety. And I, and, you know, before I used to, um, you know, seclude, or I would seclude myself or not mm -hmm. talk to other people. And I didn't have those coping mechanisms. Right. And I think that's what kind of made me really interested in the social emotional learning when I started in, first in schools and wanted mm -hmm. to develop these books with Brian, because I think that, like you said, when you, when these kids develop these skills at an early age, it becomes normal for them to manage their emotions and behaviors. You know, when they're feeling really sad, they're, like when they're at an older age, they won't turn to alcohol. Um, not, not, we won't say won't, but you know, it the most like gives them of, better tools. Hopefully, yes. Instead of trying to numb the pain, or, or or you know, they're upset and they turn to drugs or substance abuse, or you know, seclude themselves from their friends. They they can kind of say, okay, this is how I'm feeling. What can I do to process that? So I know that Brian and I in the future may want to develop things for older kids as well to continue that learning. Mm -hmm. um, but we thought it was very important to start with the younger kids. I agree. What's your thoughts, Brian, from a parental perspective too? Like, was that some of your hopes for this or what, what other thought process? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, as I've mentioned earlier, you, you want to give kids the tools to be able to, um, I don't want to say the word improve, but to be able to understand what they're going through, to be able to kind of shape them for the future. And mm -hmm. I see uh, Cindy made a comment uh, my children are in their late thirties and have no problem expressing their emotions with me. And that's great. Like, that's amazing. That's the goal we want, you know, all children to be able to do. And it doesn't necessarily mean that all children will have difficulty doing that, but there will be children that will have difficulty doing that. <laughs> a lot of them and can yeah. use tools like this um, mm -hmm. to be able to help them. So, um, you know, any tools that can be provided to kids to help them in any way, shape or form, are definitely beneficial in my mind, I think so. Or the other thing I was thinking too, even from a school perspective, because I think with looking without rose colored glasses on and sometimes we have to, that not every child grows up in a home where they have wonderful, loving, supportive parents that are going to be able to, they're gonna grow up in a crappy situation. So to be able to receive some of this, uh, even in the school setting, to give them some tools, to be able to learn to cope and manage in the tools, 
to deal with some of these emotions. I, I think it's brilliant. Have, have you seen that yourself too, you guys? Like we know well, that, right? Whether I think it's really important. I'm, I'm really hoping that there's teachers out there listening and that's why we're trying to reach out to teachers because there are, you know, those, uh, those Ryan, sorry. Hello. Uh, Can you say hi? Uh, hi. Hi, hands up. Our number one Jungle Buddies fan right there. You a Jungle Buddies fan? No, my dog's coming over to say hi <laughs> again. See my big doggy. Want to say hi? Her name's Emmy. Oh, you want to say hi? Hi. Look, Emmy, you could turn around. No, she says I'm gonna hide my nose in my mom's arm. <laughs> I'm so glad you came and said hi. Oh, Sorry, so Dave, cute. what were you saying? We had to have a, kid, a cute, cute little guy break. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I was just saying that it's important for, like, because a, a lot of parents might be listening to this being like, oh, that's perfect to buy a home and have for my kid. But we really want teachers, educators, yeah. schools to, to have it in their classrooms or use it at the end of the day for, you know, kids to, at the end of the day, identify their emotions or how they felt that day or show kindness and all of that. Um, I also think that, I mean, growing up, I know... You know, I, I haven't been a, a kid in 30 years around this age. So, um, you know, there's always a stigma of boys expressing. I their... was thinking that. You guys are reading my minds because that's what so, I was going to say for right. boys to be able to express their emotions. Yeah, and I think even some people, I, I had someone question this because if you think about it, we're two men doing social emotional learning, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, and that's. They probably I would love that you are. And they probably assume like two females would be doing this or so it's just in like how the stereotypes would be, yeah, you but know, so a different perspective. And I love like, that's what I love. Two men are doing this. Yeah. And you're coming from different spectrums. Like you're in the different father role, Brian, and you're in a teacher role. Plus Dave, you've done a lot of work. I know with kids. And I mean, that's how I met you years ago and yeah. with special needs. I remember saying this and I always say to people that I've met that work, you know, choose to volunteer work in that field. It takes a very special person to work with, with people with special needs. So, but the fact that it's two men, sorry, I cut you off. I got all excited. Yeah, no, because I even had someone be like, Oh, it's not too weird. Two men doing this, but it's mm -hmm. kind of, we want to kind of break down that bar that, ba that barrier of, you know, boys also accepting, you know, their emotions and how to identify them. And, you know, um, and Brian and I have been buddies for a few years now, and that's why we came up with the name The Buddies. Because we always I was going to ask you guys. I usually start at the beginning because I'm dying to ask you yeah. to. So I always do up a banner at the beginning of the show. Hi, yeah. Jonathan. I see you there. <laughs> and um, you sent me a picture because first you said, Brian and I haven't met each other in person. And for one second, I went, what? Oh, and then I thought <laughs> some of my closest friends, I have never met them in person yet but we are super close. So how did you guys meet? And then can't, was it the amazing race you guys applied for? Is that what that yes. picture was? Well, Brian, do you want to talk about it? Sure. Yeah. So we, we actually met um, three, is it three or four years ago? Three years ago? Three years ago, yeah. January 2021 through a, a mutual friend. Um, and then, you know, we, we stayed in contact. We talked pretty much every day or I don't think there's been a long time where we haven't gone without talking. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty much every day. And so, I mean, the, I guess the way this all came around is, you know, I was like, Hey Dave, you know, I'm thinking of writing a kid's book. Cause I know Dave had a book before and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about writing a kid's book. And he's like, I'm thinking about writing a kid's book too. Great. Well, let's do this together. 
Yeah. And so then we came up with, okay, well, let's write about different social emotional learning topics. And then we, we went into kind of developing what characters we should use. And so that's when we did the surveys and then, okay, now we have our five characters. We have to give them names and personalities and, and what will they look like? And so it's, it's actually funny because I was going to make a video on this, but Dave and I actually tried to draw ourselves at the start and it was terrible. It was <laughs> terrible. And so yeah, we're like, not illustrators. We need we need to get an illustrator to help us out. So actually, the illustrator Chris Rose, he's a friend of mine. I went to high school with him, so I've known him for you know twenty five years. Oh wow! And uh, I was like, hey, and I'd worked with him in the past on different uh, charity events. He's designed you know tick, uh, charity event tickets for me and stuff like that. So I was like, hey, Chris, what what do you think of this idea? And uh, with I think within like five or ten minutes, he sent me just a quick sketch of an elephant and it was a million times better than anything we could do. So we talked to him about it and then uh, uh, he agreed to, to, you know, be on board with the project and help us do this uh, and help the initiative. So um, he's doing a great job. A, and it's been a, just a, a really fun process in terms of just because Brian and I started this from scratch, you know, and coming up with the logo, coming up with the names, coming up with, you know, even with, I don't, I forget how it came about even calling us the buddies, but I, think I love I was the way you spell it. Cause I was going to yes. comment when I was typing to you today and I realized, oh, that's the name of the website. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, and the funny thing is that we actually looked into different ways to spell buddies, what was already taken. And it, it was a process, like every single little bit, that's why it took seven months. Like we've done a lot in the past two months, but it's been a, like almost a whole year beforehand in terms of developing everything from our logo to our website, to our book, to, you know, the, the amount of going back and forth between us and the illustrator saying, yes, that works. That doesn't work. We need this change. It's just, it's something that Brian and I have never done before, but it's, it's been really exciting and thrilling to do. You chose the name. Well, I will tell you that because as soon as you type it in, your website seems to come up no matter okay. where I went today. So you chose well. Oh, that's good. You know, that was all Dave. I'll give Dave credit for for you know he's the one who built the website. I, oh, did I am, you? I'm definitely not tech savvy in that way. So Dave built it all. He did a fantastic job. I might have to and, talk uh, to Dave about that after us because my website sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the good thing about this partnership that Brian and I have in in doing this together is that we both come from different backgrounds. We both have different ideas that we go back and forth with. We're skilled in different areas. Um, which has really made the meshing of this, you know, project come to be. And Brian and I still have not yet met in person. So, okay, but I gotta ask have... you. I gotta ask you though. Okay, so that picture you said, did you guys ever get on Canada's Amazing Race, or you just applied? We just applied recently, so I don't oh. even know if they it, the the season hasn't even aired yet. So I don't even know if they've selected a cast yet. Um, but that photo, that photo we created was just Photoshop. We each took a photo of ourselves and put them together. And well, you guys <laughs> were standing right beside each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah back to back. <laughs> well, how about this? We'll put this out there for anybody listening. If, if they haven't picked the cast yet, then we'll put out all the good juju for you guys. To get picked. <laughs> yes. yes. What, what a story would be, right? It, it could be our race to remember. Yeah, you have two. You have two characters that are two characters. Two. That's people why that I asked you guys because it said a race to remember, and then I saw that picture and I thought, 
I don't, you know what, my, my partner, he's not home or I would have asked him, he's out at camp. I, because he watches that. I usually, I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm usually listening to something while I'm creating or doing the gazillion other things I do. So I don't usually sit down to watch that kind of stuff, but he does. So I thought I would have asked him, were these guys on there before? (laughs) Yeah. We really want to get on because it's, you know, a cross country race and our books a race to remember. And I, we think Brian and I would make a good team. I think, like I said, we're skilled in different things. Um, and I think that'd be, we could so potentially win it. Race is my youngest, Justin. He loves it. Loves wow. it. Loves it. Loves it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Oh, we got a question for you here from Kason. He says, Dave, did you use online tools or did you build your website from scratch with the scripting and all? Um, with this, I, I was in charge of all the words and everything like that. I use Wix. Wix was the website platform that I use. I have so. Wix. I have built, I taught myself, um, programming language, which is ancient now. And I built my own website from long before Wix. It was got it. Was it with Geocities or something? And it was an amazing website at the time. Now it looks like it belongs in the dinosaur graveyard. I don't use it anymore. I have Wix and I like Wix, but I need to go to a domain name is what I yeah. need to do. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we transferred our domain name with Wix. So we use Wix. But I know back in the day, I used to make websites with HTML and all that. That's what I did. But now it's so, well, they still use some of HTML. My mom used to be, my mom used to be a leader in terms of website design and everything in the 90s when the internet first started coming out. Uh, So I kind of got a taste for getting into that or or seeing that her doing that sort of stuff. Um, I did a podcast before it was even called a podcast. I never even turned on a computer till 2002 didn't even know how to turn one on but i won an iphone when they came to the u.s they hadn't come to canada till a year later and i ended up joining up with a bunch of places to figure out how to it's such a terrible name but jailbreak my phone to get it to work and i ended up doing a podcast with three canadian guys from across canada that are were major tech guys so i was doing web i was doing podcasting long before it was ever you too it's even a word yeah yeah oh in case it goes oh my god my first website was on geocities too howie says hey hey lady um howie's got his own uh network he's got the riff nation network i'd like to give all our friends a good shout out here and he's got the orion effect so he's popping in to say hello we got a great audience here um regular people we like more that join the party though because all these people are listening it's like come and give us your thoughts let us know yes. what you want and it's funny that you talk about podcasts i know that brian and i maybe in the future want to do our own kind of podcast so we've we've, we've thrown out these kind of ideas out there there's tons mm-hmm. of things that you know we've done a lot in the past two months but in the future we want to see what we can do together you guys have done a lot in two months but that might be an idea right a podcast and so when do you guys think the second book might come out we're hoping yeah sometime spring early spring soon yeah so oh sorry go ahead dave no yeah so like brian said about early spring in the next you know sometime in the next two months or month and a half hopefully um and, you know, we, we have some special things planned around that as well. So we're, we're excited. We just, 
you know, we both, both Brian and I work, we have full-time jobs right now and we do, we're doing this on the side, but we have the muggle job as I call it. The yes. Job. <laughs> it's, it's our job that's helping us with our dreams, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Muggle job. yeah, exactly. Right. That's but, why I call it the muggle job. It pays the bills and then yes, yes. that brings you the real, the real joy. I don't think I asked you, Brian, what do you do outside of this or are you okay Ooh. with saying? Or? Oh, no. Yeah. So I work at uh, statistics Canada. Oh. as a full-time job. And then mm-hmm. I also, I have a sports and entertainment memorabilia business that I run. Wow. So I, uh, you know, meet different celebrities and met a lot, met a lot of celebrities and, and get stuff autographed and, and, uh, you know, sell some of it to pay for the hobby, stuff like that. <laughs> so it's uh, it's very interesting. Some very good stories from that. So Oh, then you guys would have lots to talk about on a podcast. But I, the one thing we glossed over, and that was my fault. I had so many things I wanted to talk about. I really want to give you props for the charitable stuff that you guys are doing with this. Because like you said, the day the journal was launched on January 24th, right? And it was it, I, I'm going to mess it up. It was Bell's. What's Bell's the Let's Talk Day. Let's Talk Day. Mental Health Day. You guys gave 100% of the proceeds from all the journals sold that day. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And we have future, you know, future things that we're going to be doing in terms of, you know, giving back. And, and we feel like giving back and, and um, especially organizations that, you know, might have a special place in our hearts or have helped people that we've known, uh, you know, with kids or whether that be other charities. We really want to focus certain things that we do around charitable organizations and us giving back. We want to be buddies to other people, you know, and give back. No, I love that. And you know what? The more you put out there, the more that comes back to you eventually. So you know what? And it's a good thing that you guys are doing. And I know it sounds cliche, but kids are our future. Yeah. And I I really do. That's why I really, when I saw when you, I just happened to come up on my Facebook feed in December when you guys launched a book with Dave. And I thought, you know what? This is powerful and this is important because, you know, and the other thing I can't harp on enough is you know you'll meet people and without naming names or pointing any fingers I always say it's not my job to judge but there are a lot of adults out there that believe that children have no stress that children have no anxiety and they yeah. have no idea that children do and they they definitely um when they're going through it can express it in completely different ways than an adult would do have you guys come across that yourself yeah so- well, I've even came across somebody that said, well, like we, I don't want to get a book that, you know, has the term anxiety, which we don't use in our book. You know what I mean? But it's like, or we, we say nerves, he's dealing with nerves and stress, but we think it's important for, for kids to understand that those feelings are okay. You know, some people say, well, kids don't have anything to stress about three, you know, yeah. they're playing their games, you know, and all that. And, and nowadays a lot of I think a lot of parents are just giving like their kids the iPad and, and stuff like that. If their kid is stressed and mad or sad, it's like, here's the iPad, watch something on Netflix. There you go. And the, the, you know, taking care of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and they're not really dealing with their emotions. They're just kind of numbing it with not substance or anything because they're kids, but they're numbing it with, you know, um, watching a movie or they're numbing it by here's some candy. Like you, you'll feel fine in a second. You know, if their kid's sad, it's like really focusing on what's making your kid feel this way and them understanding that they're feeling this way and that it's okay to feel that way and how to, how to help them through it. 
I love yeah. it. What about you, Brian? What are your thoughts on that too? Yeah, no, uh, it, it's true. You know, kids do have similar emotions that adults have. They don't have it in the same sense. You know, kids don't have a mortgage. They don't have full-time jobs, but they do feel the same emotions that parents go through. Um, and I know had Cindy had, again, I'll bring this up. Cindy mentioned that her kids in her thirties are able to, you know, express their feelings because they've probably gone through them and know how to deal with them and have that experience. Whereas kids don't have that. Um, That's a lot of kids. Exactly. And especially since the pandemic happened, you know, you had a lot of homeschooling and kids didn't have the interactions that they would have normally had going to school every day. I know for uh, at one point when my son started school, um, it was funny because my wife and I, we had talked about this, that when he went back to school, he had to wear a mask and that's the only thing he had ever known. So he thought it was normal. He didn't know any better. Whereas for us, it was, you know, a huge nuisance and, you know, we did it because of safety and all that, but it was, you know, we didn't like doing it. I was just going to add, they've been showing, we have to be careful with that C word because we're on YouTube, but um, what I was going to say, they've been seeing in studies across the world that young children, just what you said, thought that was the norm, but the amount not only of language that they missed out on with it, most of the face being covered, but a lot of emotional emotions and emotional um, detective work, if you will, being able to understand what this face means, what that face means. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I wanted to throw that in, Brian, continue. Yeah. No, that's that's actually that's a great point. So, you know, they, they miss out on that. They miss out on interacting with other kids. Mm-hmm. Sure, they would have online schooling, but you're not playing with kids at recess and learning different things. Yep. Um, you're Weird. not you're not being exposed to, uh, you know, the flu or the cold where you build up your immunities that, you know, you would normally have. So my kids, when they first went back to school, they would come home and be sick all the time because They've been isolated at home for two years, pretty much. So mm-hmm. there's a lot that they missed out on, um, you know, all think, over. From I think from one there. of the one of the biggest things is that social interaction with others. So because especially kids who are young who maybe have missed kindergarten, mm-hmm. you know, JK, SK, grade one, and starting school in grade one, where they did not know how to play with other kids. They don't know how to um, share. Share. They don't know how to. Um, because you know they they've been stuck at home for a couple of years, right? So they don't know how to express their feelings, express their emotions. I could tell you that even at just my school, and I know there's studies done in the past year or so, um, but schools are finding really a decline in how kids can interact with each other and knowing mm-hmm. how to do that. So I think that was a big part of why we wanted to do our books as well, because even at at our school, we even saw kids as young as like grade two um having issues in school because they have not been around other kids for years you know oh it's it's huge and like i said i've been seeing the studies like especially even with babies and we're coming into kids now three and four from back then that they really really missed out on emotional cues and what certain like that's why i loved i think the drawings i'm sorry guys i tried to find it i couldn't find it i'll pull up the website just before we end so people can see it but that kids really weren't aren't able to decode if you will 
emotions yeah. on other people's faces, never mind how to handle emotions. I big one that comes to mind too with children is conflict resolution, right? And how to handle anger and frustration yeah. and, and things like that. Like I said, there are so many positives for your book and the journal and what you guys have coming out in the future. I really, really believe that. Thank you. Even even the emotion of joy and happiness. Oh, we've yeah. had it that, you know, it's a kid's birthday at the school and the kids don't know how to act happy or encouraging the other or feeling happy for another kid because they just spent a couple years not going to birthday parties mm -hmm. and not, you know, they, they, you know, just learning about emotions and when it's okay to act certain ways and stuff like that. So there's just a lot that since I, I don't know, we're not going to get into the pandemic stuff, but just mm -hmm. since because of everything with kids being isolated, I think it's very important, the whole social emotional learning. Right. Were you going to say something, Brian? No, I was just, excuse me. I was just going to say that, that all, like all these points bring us back to kids shouldn't feel these feelings, but they probably do so more now than they have in the past. Yes. Yes. So, so Cindy, I, I agree. Cause Cindy added, I limited my children's time on video games. They grew up reading and playing outside computer time yeah. was a family involved activity. And I love that. And I would consider you very, a very lucky family because that's what I was going to say. You guys, we were almost out of time. I knew this. I know. Was, right. I told you we'd have lots to talk about. Um, you're a very lucky family because in this day and age, uh, it, right. Two parents need to be working to keep a roof over the head and and food coming in. Never mind the fact that um, you know people have activities with their kids and things like that. So yes, we definitely are seeing a lot of. And I always say, not my job to judge, even though I know we all do. But you know, you're exhausted when you come home, and the last thing you want to do is to deal with you know, everything else involved and get down and break things down. And I think you guys make this very easy is where I'm going with this because most parents, I believe, I was one of them too, that read to your children say maybe before bed where you can, I always use teachable moments with my kids. Like I never sat down with, well, the, I had to gear things differently with my youngest, but my oldest, um, I would watch some of the programming with him when he was, say, had some TV to watch. And if there was a topic that came up, we, it would be a teachable moment. Like I never sat down and had the talk with my kid, right? We would talk about it. How do you feel about this? What are your thoughts on this? Of course, that age appropriate language, but not every child has that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is quick to throw the iPad or a movie. It is. So, you know, and this, you know, I, and I know parents still have to do that because they're so overwhelmed and they want to entertain their kids and that's never going to go away the whole technology thing, but just spending a little time with them to go over, you know, what happened throughout their day could really help them in the future. You know, I agree because you know what, that it goes, if you had told me almost 29 years ago that my kid would be turning 29 in July, like it just goes by so fast. It's like in the blink of an eye and they're only little for a little while. And I believe most parents, not everybody, but most parents really want to do the best that they possibly can. So even taking a few moments a day or fostering a few extra moments to get a child to learn to sit down and express their feelings in a journal. Heck, you can even do it with a two-year-old if you have to. A lot of kids are pretty bright with the internet and stuff that you can show them what a color means. I have a video on my YouTube channel where I walk people through how to feel what energy actually feels like. It takes two seconds. And yeah. then I tell them there's no right or wrong answer, but I walk people through what does blue feel like to you? 
what does red feel like to you? Yeah. What does yellow? Because it's important, right? For yeah. people to understand, to get in tune with, it really is with feelings because I think that's where everything starts. 100%. Oh, a question for you guys. Cindy says, will you ever do audiobooks for the iPad for children? My other one was in different languages too. Yeah, so uh, as for the audiobook, we definitely have plans to do an audiobook. Um, some of the, I guess, limitations we have are you need to have proper sound recording equipment in order to record it. You need, um, you, I guess you would need to find the right voice to narrate it to, uh, you know, if you wanted a different voice for each of the characters to kind of make it seem more realistic, I guess, in that sense. So again, it's, it's on our radar. We have it written down in our list of things to do. Um, it's, it's one of those things that we're kind of doing more research on. Do we need it, the file to be in a certain format? Um, how do we go about doing it? Where can we record this? All these different things. I know there are, um, we've also looked into having um, different YouTubers read our book on YouTube. Um, so that was an option as well. Uh, and we've actually been approached about that a few times where people have asked if, you know, are your books on YouTube because, you know, a daycare will will play somebody reading the book and show the pictures or stuff like that. So um, that was. That and was and we have our book, we have our book right now available in French. So on, on Amazon, people can get an English or French. So a race to remember. Um, we are looking at other languages. No, we're looking at Spanish. Spanish is for our books. Um, yeah. So that's what we're doing right now. So we got like two minutes left. I'm going to tell you guys before you go anywhere, if you guys are enjoying what you're seeing, please make sure to stay tuned. we got Philip and Julia Syracuse coming up next with the Horsefly Chronicles. But I want Dave and Brian, what have you guys got coming up? We kind of talked about it, but anything, you know, in the near future you want to talk about? Again, remind people where to buy your books and what have you. I was going to pull up your, see, we got talking, you didn't get a chance to pull up the website. So please go ahead and let them know where they can find you and what's coming up. Yeah, well, well, with it, with all all the buddies, they can go to www.thebuddies.ca. That's www.thebuddyz. So that's how you uh, .ca, and they can find our books, our journals, our coloring pages, our printables, our lesson plans. Everything's on there. And you do have free. You do have a lot of free printables. Is there anything you'd like to add yes. to Ryan at the last moment? Sure, here? they could. I mean, they could follow us on social media. That's where we post kind of anything we have coming up. Uh, our handle on, I believe, every platform is at Buddies Canada. B U D D Y Z Canada. Um, as Dave mentioned, we have you know the plans for a Spanish book to come out. Uh, we have our second book coming out uh, shortly in the spring. Um, we have. We've been in talk. Uh, there might be another charitable event happening. We're preliminary discussions today, but um, in Ottawa, there's actually uh, Ottawa Race Weekend, which happens, and uh, so we're gonna. I'm gonna run the the 2K with my kids, dressed as a sloth, and uh, so we're hoping to maybe raise some money for charity for that. So we'll see if if that comes through. What and, about your coloring contest you guys mentioned? Yes, coloring contest. So, uh, yes. this is actually, this is a great uh, initiative. We've had this open for, for teachers, educators, and um, we want their class to submit uh, coloring pages that they can get from our website, 
thebodies.ca. They can go and pick, uh, pick whichever design they like the best. They can color it, uh, send it to our email, uh, which is on our website. And uh, on, what is the day? March 26th. March 22nd. March 22nd is the deadline, but the 25th or 6th, we're going to announce a winner. And whoever the winner is, they're going to win an entire class set of Jungle Journals for their class. So Yes. And even though we're Buddies Canada, we're open. The whole world can access our books, our journals, our website. So our resources are meant for anybody, our books and resources are meant for anybody out there listening, anybody out there that um, cares about kids and their social, emotional development. Well, that is awesome. And I want to thank you both for being here. Contessa Martin says, great show. Wishing you both a lot of success. It's very much needed. Cindy Simpson said, thank you so very much for the amazing books for the children. And again, thank, thank you, you for being here. Now, I do have a little bit of housekeeping before we sign off very quickly. If you ever want to get a hold of me, anybody listening, I do readings. I do Akashic Records. I do energy healing. I do teaching and mentoring. You can get a hold of me on facebook.com forward slash the angel rock. Also, don't forget, I will be back here with David Hansel on Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the thing at the foot of the bed. I have no idea what we're talking about. You guys always decide anyways, and we just go wherever you guys want to talk. So don't forget, too, that we also started the group, uh, the thing at the foot of the bed. So when we get to 200 people, I believe we're almost close to 100. David and I are going to start going live in there. And that's where if we're showing clips or web pages or anything like that, because the audience is a lot of audio, you can go to the group and you can find the links there. Uh, so please check that out. I also have two groups on Facebook of my own uh, Paranormal University for all things paranormal, the Angel Rocker Tribe for many spiritual type things. And uh, I want to thank you all for being here. Don't forget to stay tuned for the Horsefly Club. Oh, can't even talk here. Horsefly Chronicles. Dave and uh, Brian, thank you so, so, so much for being here. We'll have to have you back when you get your new book out. We can talk some more about your plans for the future. Yes. Thank you for having us. Yeah, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being here. Sending you all so much love and light. We'll see you on Thursday and next Monday, same time, same space on the Angel Rock. I forgot to check who's coming next week, but I'll tell you Thursday. We'll see you then. Stay tuned for Julie and Phil. Okay. Take care, everyone.